Hey, listener, Zach Harper here. Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy sports. Also, fastest growing fantasy app in the industry. Here's how it works. The Pick'em Game. Pick whether your favorite players will have a higher or lower stat total in this week's game for a chance to win big. How big, you ask? I'm so glad you asked that question, listener. You can win up to 100 times your money in a single night. Pick between two and five players. Build a pick'em entry. You can also do rivals picks. You can put like Tyrese Halliburton and Jalen Brunson against each other. And whoever has more points, more assists, more rebounds, whatever you want to do, that is your rivals pick. I would maybe go with Jalen Brunson in these playoffs. By the way, in the regular season, Jalen Brunson scoring tear, going higher on his point totals all the time. Joel Embiid, whenever he did actually play, higher on his scoring totals all the time. Victor Wembanyama for the next 15, 20 years. Here's a pro tip for you. Take higher on the blocks. That's right. So you're probably wondering, how do you sign up? Oh my God, listener, you are full of good questions today. Sign up with the promo code DING, that's D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick First time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. $250, man, that's a lot. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store. And don't forget to register with our code DING, D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick and first time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. Must be 18 or older, 21 or older in Massachusetts, Arizona, 19 or older in Alabama and Nebraska, and present in a state where Underdog Fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org. Arizona, 1-800-NEXT-STEP. That's 1-800-639-8783. Or text next step. To five three three four two New York, call the twenty four seven Hope Line at one eight seven seven eight Hope and Y or text Hope and Y four six seven three six nine. Just so y'all know, I've um, officially started recording. So. Oh shit! Wait, are you the producer? Yeah, he's producing. I'm just recording it. Oh, I'm not producing shit. it. <laughs> I, mean, producer. I mean, at the at the end of the day, Rob Rob will clean it up. Yeah, he's Rob is gonna. Um, no, no, no. Yeah, why, why, you're, you're really not gonna answer calls anymore. <laughs> why, why is producing like like Eminem on the first few beats? Where oh, it's just no, like no, dun, no, dun, no. dun 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 dun. <laughs> the same beat over and over again. I put some compost strings on the intro. <laughs> I'm dark. I'm moody. <laughs> I'm not happy. <laughs> Yo. Mark, what's up, man? Hello? You hear me? I think Mark, yeah. I think yeah. you had yourself yeah. muted for a second. Are you on the mic right now, Mark? Yeah, hold on one second, y'all. Yeah, okay. go ahead. I feel like I'm... I'm uh, sound check, sound check. One, two, three. Of course, you got the white guy. Where's, um... Is is Mark still on or is he? Did he step? He was he was fixing something. You gotta go get a mic. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, that's hard. Trey, she she got a white guy in real life. Yeah, bro. Damn. Y'all hear me now? Yeah, we can hear you. Turn turn your video off, Mark. On. Off. 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 Yeah, because it's gonna um. When you get video and you got all these people on, it kind of messes up the sound quality. Yeah, it, 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 yeah it eats I mean, up the take, bandwidth. Now, and I now mean, look take, at you. you I mean, take your, your video off. off, please. This is I'm on video too? You yeah, were just you on look, video. You were just you look like you about to sell me a t-shirt on Canal. <laughs> <laughs> take that shit off. Yeah, that's my, yeah, yes, my hey. brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Rob, guys are terrible at taking care of their health, man. Whether it's a knee injury, a back injury, or something even worse, guys are usually more comfortable just rubbing some dirt on it. 
The same is true for erectile dysfunction. Can you even believe that? Something that important? Studies show 70% of guys who experience ED don't get treated for it. Thankfully, Roman created an easy way to get checked out by a doctor and get treated for erectile dysfunction online. Roman is a one-stop shop where you can get where you can chat with a licensed U.S. physician who can treat ED and, if safe and appropriate, ship medication right to your door. With Roman, there are no waiting rooms, no awkward face-to-face conversations, or uncomfortable trips to the pharmacy. You can handle everything discreetly online. All you have to do is visit GetRoman.com slash BOM, complete an online visit, chat with a doctor, and if the doctor decides that it would be safe and appropriate, they'll shift the genuine medication right to your door in discreet, un mark packaging. Guys, go online and get checked by the doctor. Erectile dysfunction is a problem that guys don't tackle, but with Roman, it's really simple. So take care of it, man. Seriously, your lady's going to appreciate this. Or your guy, you know? Who knows? (laughs) For a free online visit, go to GetRoman.com slash B-O-M. That's GetRoman.com slash B-O-M for a free online visit. GetRoman.com slash B-O-M. All right, let's get the intro. Let's get the intro going. All right, it's Black Opinions Matter. The last M stands for motherfucker because it's not Mondays anymore. Uh, we got the usual cast. We got Black Trey. We got Big Waz. We got uh, uh, Jerv in Philly. And we got a special guest today. The one, the only, Mark Lamont Hill, man. You know what? Uh, a thought leader, uh, an innovator, um, a black intellectual. I mean, black black intelligentsia, <laughs> not intellectual intelligentsia. You had to add that TSIA at the end, and and but but Mark, you know what the most interesting thing about you is to me? Was that apparent? Apparently, you were Jerv's line brother or little brother. Which one was? No, it? don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> not line brother. Well, I, hold on, hold on. Jer, correct me. Brother. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know your customs and your ways. Jerv, uh, I came in after I came into the fraternity after after Jerv. Got you, got you. All right, that's, that's fair enough. All right. Did you? Okay, did, so, but did you also go to the fake HU like Jerv? No, <laughs> I, I did not. I did not go to Hampton. Oh, okay. Thankfully. <laughs> yeah, listen. What, what we're not, what we're not going to do is, uh, what we're not going to do is play the Hampton University. That's not what's about to happen. That's absolutely Everybody what's about to happen. That's absolutely what's about to happen. I mean, you were saying. I said that's absolutely what's about to happen. Couldn't <laughs> <laughs> have it any other way. No, how, how, how long have y'all known each other? Uh, it's, 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 I've known Jerry for a long time because uh, we grew up in the same city. And uh, and we 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 uh, went a lot in the same circle, so it's, it's been way over a decade, man. It's been a long time. All right, before we get into any of the important stuff, you got to give us one funny Jerv story from back in the day. One that his wife is allowed to hear because she listens approved. to this show. Yes, oh, yeah, one please. wife approved story. Yes, yes, yes. please. Well, we're not trying to get anyone in trouble. Jerv is both a black man and a kappa, and black men and kappas don't do anything that would ever make their wives upset. So it, it, I, I'm not I'm not worried about that part. That's, that's a thing. I, uh, I don't really got no funny Jerv stories, man. Jerv, no, Jerv, come on. Jerv don't really do nothing, man. Like honestly, <laughs> I, and I knew I knew Jerv when he had hair. I knew Jerv when he was trying to play basketball. I knew <laughs> Jerv. That's, you know that's what, what we're doing today. 
Yo, he's letting the clip off on the low. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's, we'll, like, yo, we'll, it's like, I'm not going to disrespect you, but I'm about to be, get real disrespectful. <laughs> First and foremost, we're not, we're not disrespecting anybody's hairlines today, all right? All right oh, oh, there, oh, only one of us yeah. has one. Oh, no! <laughs> oh, you know we're doing that. Okay, listen. I'm gonna hey, tell y'all like yo, this. Yo, tell like this. Mark, you know My what's hair- amazing? Hold on, hold on. Yo, go ahead. Go ahead. The, la- the last time I had hair was probably the last time Mark beat me in 2K. Wow! Whoa! That was just lot. But hold like, on, he did a self kind of like evaluation in that because he. He dissed you, but at the same time, the diss only works if you acknowledge that Jeff hasn't had hair in a long time. Exactly, man. <laughs> <laughs> y'all are wild. I got y'all. It's cool. No, it's all right. You know, we're going to disrespect the hairline today. I understand. It's a thing. But, I, you know, I'm out here with this fresh body. I'm out here. My beard game is strong. Beard game. All right. So, so, so let's get right in. To it. Exactly. Yo, I thought about, like, dancing around it going to different topics. Obviously, we're going to talk about uh, When They See Us, which is an incredibly powerful show on Netflix. It, as I was telling the guys before we started recording, the first show, I think, ever that actually moved me to the point where like, I'm emotional watching it. And obviously, Mark, like, we respect your opinion. And, and uh, I wasn't trying to be funny. You are like one of those people that people turn to when we're trying to learn or, or be more educated about stuff. But I'm going to direct this yeah, conversation nah. somewhere else. I'm gonna, hold on. I'm going to direct this conversation. We'll get to that. I'm going to direct this conversation somewhere else. The conversation is going to go in the direction of uh, a certain rapper, artist, poet, actor that uh, you and I and I was and maybe Jerv and a couple other people we share an opinion on. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, Tupac Amaru Shakur, I get you, you know, like, okay, you did some things, you were out here. But I, I have to echo the sentiments of one Mark uh, and one Waz and one Jerv and one myself. That's a little overrated. I'm going to just throw that out there in the chunk. It's a, it's a conversation we had on this pod before. We've never had a reputable source on this conversation. So Mark, because 280 characters at a time on Twitter, go ahead and fully express your opinion on one Tupac Amar Shakur. Well, first of all, I'm, I'm just I'm just happy to have a, a, a safe space to share this opinion Man. and to know that there are, uh, there's a refuge for brothers like myself who, who have this <laughs> perspective, uh, which is uh, an informed perspective. It's a reasonable perspective. It is a it is a dispassionate perspective, mm. and, and, and and quite frankly, Preach. it's the only sane perspective. Mm. You know, <laughs> I I made the statement that Tupac is overrated as an MC, overrated. I've been sitting with, holding in my spirit, for a long time. Okay, all right, starting now. And um, rest. Yeah, I got it. Got you. And I know that a lot of people in the world will disagree but it needs to be said. Tupac is the most overrated rapper Ooh, you said it while I'm right here. in the <laughs> history Ooh, of the universe. Right 
Tupac is the most important rapper. Let me say this real quick. I only got nine seconds. Tupac is the most important rapper we've ever seen, the most influential rapper we've ever seen. He is an extraordinary figure. I admire him. But as a rapper, as a lyricist, overrated. I like Pac. I love, I love. Dear Mama. Mar dear Mama. I, I love, dear Mama, I love I get around. Keep I love, keep your head up. Uh, I love, I love get, all get of it. The world. You gotta I go love the album cut. All right. I didn't say he, he couldn't rap. I'm saying he's just overrated. There are a lot of people who rap better than him. He's not even top 20. He's not even top 25 in terms of actual rappers, Mark. lyricism, skill. I can name 25 rappers better than him. All right. And there are people who responded with anger. I mean, I even got death. I've been in death threats. Wow, Tupac oh. fans going over the top with the emotions and the anger. I've never heard that before. That's crazy. <laughs> that don't sound like Tupac fans. They're usually pretty sane. It, it, it was it was stunning to see. But the first thing I would say to them is, you know, it is not an attack on Tupac Shakur to say that he is overrated. If I said he can't rap or that he had no talent or that he, you know, was a bum, sure, that's an attack. You know what I mean? Or at least a sharp criticism. I'm not taking anything away from his talent. I'm simply saying that people put him in a category that he does not belong. If I were, I would say the same thing about Bill Russell. You know what I mean? And it's when people say that he's the greatest in a conversation of him being the greatest. Similarly, if you say somebody- Mark, 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 real quick. Just want to ask you a question. Yeah. Do you ever visit the city of Boston at all? I, I do. I, um, I, I, uh, I go there for events. I go there for sporting events. Like when the Sixers are on the road. Um, I'm Mark, this, this is what I'll tell you. This is what I'll tell you. If you say that sentiment about Bill Russell in the city of Boston, won't nobody have a problem with it. You know why? Because they don't really, they don't respect him either. Now, if you said that about Kuzi, they get mad. They, now, you'd be in trouble. If they said that about Kuzi, about Russell, about Mikhail, I mean, Bird. Kuzi, about Bird, about Mikhail. Bird. Danny Ainge. You'd be in trouble. Danny Ainge. Danny Ainge Greg is Kite, insane. Greg Kite. Uh, uh, who else we got, guys? Steve uh, 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 Rick Carlisle. Have so basically, tech. anybody but Bill Russell. Yes. If you say about Bill Russell, you be cool. You cool in Boston. It's all <laughs> right. Because I mean, and it's it's unfortunate that their reason for not you know being you know troubled is largely you know racist. Or, you know what I mean. But at the core, there's also a legitimate understanding that somebody can be great and not be as great as that person's biggest fan suggests that they are. And so for me. When I think about Tupac, I say, look, Tupac is one of the greats. And a great MC, to be a great MC, it requires a lot of things. It requires lyrical ability, you know, in terms of content, in terms of impact. Uh, you can look at specific skill sets around voice, around versatility, flexibility. You could look at, you know, um, you know, ability to rhyme over different types of beats. You could look at, like, the, the enduring nature of their music. I mean, there's lots of things you could look at to decide what makes a great MC. And we might not agree on what those things are. But what I would say is that if when people say Biggie, Nas, and Jay-Z, or Jay-Z, Nas, and Big, or whatever you say, whenever you put him in the Mount Rushmore of hip-hop, I think you are ignoring a whole lot of deficiencies in prioritizing the fact that he had, an, he had great content and extraordinary influence. Those things matter. That's why he's in the conversation. That's why he's in the mix. But when I look at, somebody, when I look at the lyrical ability, I mean, the, just the sheer lyrical ability of somebody like a, um, like a Jay-Z, is Jay-Z the best lyricist? No. 
But Jay-Z is an extraordinary lyricist. And when I say, you know, Jay-Z is a great lyricist, and Jay-Z had the ability to rhyme over all sorts of beats, and Jay-Z could freestyle, and Jay-Z made hits for years, and Jay-Z's had all kinds of subject matter. I could say that Jay-Z is able to check a lot of, 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 of category boxes, whereas Tupac doesn't. Similarly, just to use a basketball analogy, is Michael Jordan the greatest shooter ever? No. Is he the greatest ball handler ever? No. Is he the greatest defender ever? No. But Michael Jordan is in the mix on so many of the, of the categories that he, that he achieves a level of greatness. You know what I mean? Whereas somebody like Dr. J might check some of those boxes, right? You know, um, I'm just picking a name. Ray Allen might check some of those boxes, but nowhere near as many as Michael Jordan's. Steph Curry, same thing, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So Tupac just doesn't check enough of those category boxes for me to say that he's among the greatest, yet he still gets ranked among the greatest because he made people feel so much. And then people make you think that because you don't call Tupac an all-time great at the level of a Jay-Z or at the level of, you know, an Andre 3000 from my perspective so, or... Well, yeah. I guess, I guess my, my question is, how much does that passion... I'm going to play a devil's advocate in this. How much of that passion, how much of that energy, how much of that emotion, the ability to evoke emotion, how much does that count towards when we rank I mean, I the greatest rappers of all time? Can, you be, can you be a technical, I guess, can you be a technically uh, proficient rapper if I don't really, if I'm not moved by your words? Does that make sense? Yeah. Hip hop is filled with them. There's a whole bunch of rapidy rap guys that can rap. Sir, I mean, the, the, the best example right, of that right. would, would, would be an Eminem or a Royce the Five Nine. Even even you know, or, or somebody like Royce the Five Nine is a good example. Half of Slaughterhouse is an example of that. People who can rap their asses off, but don't necessarily resonate. Don't speak to your soul. Those people move up the list. They can't hit the 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 the, the highest level because they don't speak to your soul. And their verses might not be memorable. When you listen to Royce the Five Nines album with Eminem, it's the rapidly rappingest album you ever hear. It's it's it, it's it's amazing. It's technically perfect. You know what I'm saying? But, but you don't remember a single line. I can't remember none of it. Mark, I but I do want to ask you because you I mentioned. Hold on, I, I remember. I remember one line. I'm sorry. I got. I got. I'm sorry. Well, <laughs> ask you a question after this. I got to throw it in. Well, actually, he said, "No, I'm just saying." He said, my 90s was like the Navy, yours was like the Brady's. Like, I, I laugh. You fly kites daily. I laugh every time I think of that line. I don't even listen to that line that much. But the idea that they said, my 90s was like the Navy, yours was like the Brady. You still fly kites daily, meaning <laughs> you're still a bitch. Like, you're <laughs> like at the park, like, oh, look at it. Like, look at it. <laughs> right. I mean, it's an ill line, but that's the point. That's out of, like, how many bars? Yeah, and but I, I did, but I wanted to get back to some bars. some of the deficiencies. What what particular? What do you think Tupac was deficient at specifically? Because some people say, "Well, you're saying he's not great at these things." What things is he not great at? Because when I listen to his music, all I hear is greatness. Right, and and, and I think not everybody. Uh, I don't respect everybody's opinion on music for that reason. Not because <laughs> they, they might not. They might. I mean, they, Yo, get your get opinion. your shit off, Mark. Hold on. <laughs> You getting some shit off. I can't wait till you done. Go ahead. It's, again, it's like if you watching a basketball game and somebody scores 30 and somebody else scores 30, or it's like it's like it's that would be like saying Allen Iverson's a great defender because he averages two steals a game, right? If you know the game, you could look at you could look at you could look at a, a Kawhi Leonard or even an Eric Snow and say, well, Eric Snow didn't average two steals a game, but Eric Snow's 10 times a defender 
that, that Allen Iverson was. You, it, it takes more than just raw numbers. So I can say, well, Tupac had this many hits, so clearly he had lyrical ability. People keep quoting his rhymes, so clearly he had the lyrical ability. And I'm saying that's a superficial, simplistic analysis. Yeah, some shit can be basic and resonate with you. Everything ain't got to be complicated. But Tupac, if you listen to Tupac and you don't see the lack of complicated rhyme schemes, if you don't see the lack of wordplay, the lack of complexity, the lack of lyrical illusion, right? Um, there's a level of, 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 of genius at what, at what Jay-Z does. And I'm not saying that everything has to be complicated, right? Because some stuff can be too complicated. When you look at Big, sometimes Big has a line, B-I-G-P-O-P-P-A, no info for the D-E-A, which is simple. But the way those the way he's punctuating each letter is still speaking to you, and it's complicated. You know what I mean on a certain level. You know what I mean. So I'm not I'm not uh, Q-tip. Q-tip rarely has complicated rhyme schemes. Some of his most complicated stuff came on the last album. But but he's still a genius at what he does. Pac hits the note, but Pac doesn't always arrive in the, in the place in as complex a fashion as some of his counterparts. That's one thing. Tupac didn't have the ability to rhyme. He didn't have the lyrical versatility of like a Nas or a Andre, or quite frankly, oh, I won't say that person, but of those two people. So it's just like when I, I give you an example. When I listen to Nas rhyme over big things, right? I'm like, yo, Nas, you shouldn't rap fast. That shit don't sound good, right? It's like, that's just, that's not your ministry. <laughs> you know what I mean? Tupac has that deficiency. And, and I think Nas is top five, top three, top everything. You know what I mean? But I'm, everybody's got deficiencies, but for, 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 um, for Pac, he can't rhyme over fast beats. He does. He's not particularly great over 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 high tempo stuff. He has a great voice. He has a great flow. Um, you know what I'm saying? But but the content, the lyrical dexterity, the versatility, it's just not there. In terms of being able to freestyle, it's just not there. Um, <laughs> those are things that I would say Pac can't do. I love it. No, can we let Trey talk? Because this is the thing, Mark. Like Trey is a guy who is born and raised from the West Coast, Southern California, Compton, California. He's a big Pac dude. He's been listening to Pac basically since he had ears. Pac saved his life. You know what I'm saying? So Trey has a completely different point of view um, as it pertains to Tupac. So Trey, we, we want to get you to jump in here, man. All right, so this is the thing. He didn't tell too many lies. Like, I mean, he made some valid points, Mark, but... It was a little too slanderous for my liking. I will say that. You know what I mean? I will say that. And, and, and those people are online are wrong because apparently they can't read. And, you know, they obviously they see overrated as the big highlighted thing. You know what I mean? And you've right. highlighted overrated as a lyricist. You know, not overrated for his presence in the rap gang and what was felt in his career. And no. You know what I mean? The same way, great analogy using Allen Iverson for his two, three steals a game and being considered a great defender. You know what I mean? Like, you'd be a fool to be arguing that, right? We wouldn't right. be calling him the glove, <laughs> you know what I'm right. saying, overall. So you're, you you touched on the valid points. But I had to go put my bandana on, go shine my nose ring, <laughs> go put some lotion on my tattoo on my leg. You know what I'm Go saying? get in a bathtub? No. Okay, watch your mouth. Watch your, watch your mouth. I know where you live. Watch your mouth. Watch your mouth. But what I will not tolerate is the slander, right? So here's the thing. I will say that, yes, he's not the lyricist, but he is very effective. 
very effective. And high volume shooter, high volume shooter. You know what I mean? Like I think it's unfair that record labels were very thirsty and just shelling out other albums after his death because it gave it a nasty shot percentage. Like how many albums are out? 10, maybe 12. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, and realistically, I'm putting more respect on his work ethic. Um, doing accomplishing so much fresh yeah. out of jail in nine months. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that nine months felt like a penny hardaway Orlando Magic highlight, right? Yeah. Where you're like, oh my God, like he's been killing for six years, and we only find out Penny's been rocking for three years. Like greatly. You know what I mean? And in that that nine month span that he signed his life over basically on a napkin to 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 Marion Knight. Um he accomplished a lot. And I think a lot of his, a lot of the stuff that he gets clowned for, most 23 to 25 year olds aren't prepared to handle. You know mm. what I mean? Like, I think that at this point, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, shit, fast forward, what is this, 20 something, 20 plus years now since his death? 23? Yeah. Right. You have to factor in what we were doing or how could we personally handle that scenario? Now, the movie portrayed a certain thing. I know Tupac loved that goddamn Rolex he wore. Uh, (laughs) That that I know that for sure. But he took care of a lot of people and was not business smart. Right. So he made a lot of brash and dumb decisions. And um, unfortunately, getting caught up in a lifestyle that I tried to escape growing up and, you know, uh, in the hood in Compton, you know what I mean? And he fell in love and fascinated. He was like a great actor, you know what I mean? Like, and I will say this that Tupac was a better actor than Raptor. He knew yes. how to portray the role. I will say that. And again, that's fair to compare him to uh, Biggie or Jay-Z. Those dudes took pride in their lyricism and 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 flashy talk and you know and 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 way of words and storytelling, right? Where there's Tupac who a guy who made Hennessy and Enemies rhyme. <laughs> very all, laughable all the time point. I mean but hey it became something that stuck but he also was that uh, that minister to guys that were down and out that were uh, doing yeah. maximum security time um, he was a motivational thug for those people who are out in the streets that needed you know they needed something real now he might not have been 100% real I can't say that you know what I mean like yes he put himself in a lot of very idiotic situations, shooting at police officers, uh, uh, ale- jumping in alleged gang fights, you know what I mean, which costly, you know, to his costly demise, you know what I mean, in the situation. But he was always all in or not in. And I can't re- I can't say that about him. He didn't he didn't fake it to that extremity. You know what I mean? Like, I think he I think his life was typically a, a big movie. You know what I mean? When when it when it came to whatever he was involved in, whether it was a back dance background dancer, he was gonna be the best damn background dancer. If he was gonna be an actor, he was gonna be a best damn actor. But Trey, I, I wanna ask you though, um, do you think people were more drawn to his life than more so the specifics of the music, right? Like, oh, I'm jamming to this, this is what I'm living, or is it like this is my spiritual leader? I think it was more so the music, but also the the death since he was like the first of that generation of like crossover hip hop violence, it it hit hard in that community. But I think his music still kind of felt because he made, he made kind of anthems that he would contradict himself. You know what I mean? So Trey, 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 my bad. Like, I want to ask you a question. Like, okay. 
this this is the thing I always ask. Like, here's the thing about when when I think about Biggie. Biggie died. Biggie died early, right? But I could see in his music, oh, this guy's getting better, man. Like, people love Ready to Die. People love Life After Death. My favorite big verses of all time might be the stuff that came out um, on on Diddy's album, right? Like that, like the Young D's verse. Mm. I got lawyers watching lawyers, so, so I won't go, go broke. Bro. Like he was so fucking layered and like highly lyrical. I was like, this guy was going play. in the commission. You asked for permission to hit him. You don't like me. Yeah, like that's <laughs> like that was going places where I'm like, oh my god, like. I never forget the. I'm a little older than y'all. I remember playing that that album for the first time, hitting that first song, and hearing him rap on on Victory, and saying, "Holy shit!" I didn't. First of all, I didn't know that he had more music out there. Second yeah. of all, it's going places that it was way beyond what he was doing on his on his first two albums, which were already classics, right? My thing when I listen to Pac, and I got like you know I, I make a lot of jokes, but I got Pac on my playlist. I'm not going to lie, man. I like the songs that I like. This, You know what I'm saying? But my thing is this. I never felt the progression. Like, you know what's coming next? This guy's about to destroy. Like, if you think about his last album, uh, his last actual live album, Machiavelli, right? The Don Caluminati, whatever. Right. It's all right. Like, it's a, it wasn't as good as the album for it. Well, well in a situation, yeah. I felt like whatever was going on at that particular time, I felt like he really wanted... Most of his work was always rushed. It never yes. was really perfected. You know what I mean? And that was the yes. thing. He thought he was smarter than the business. You know what I'm saying? And he's like, okay, I signed this three-album deal. I can beat Suge Knight. He doesn't know. I can put together something halfway decent and still go <laughs> platinum, and I'm going to beat him. No, that's not how it works. So a lot of his work wasn't obviously you know, really crafted. And you know what I mean? Like he was bragging about like, yeah, it only took me two weeks to do this. And no, I didn't go through this versus the zero guy. Like, think about it. Biggie had, had a uh, puffy where puffy's like, nah, look, trust me with this process. We're going to go revamp. We're going to hop on the old school beat. Trust me. Okay. You got the delivery. You got the stories to tell, but like, trust my vision. Pac didn't have it. It was like, look, fire up a couple yeah. of months, pour up the Alizé, pour up the Hennessy, get some hoes. We ain't going to sleep. Uh, if you don't want to do it, I'm going to do it. Because his whole idea was like, get off the label, make my own label, create this type of music, go act. You know what I mean? His whole idea was just to be rich and famous. And when it, you know what I mean? Unfortunately, his life ended. You know what I mean? He got caught in some stuff that he shouldn't have been caught up in. He never really got to live up to what he is. But I thought he had one foot in with rap and one foot out because he wanted to do so much. I'm literally literally sitting here right now. I'm listening to everything y'all are saying, right? And I'm asking myself, what if I was telling somebody, if I was a pop fan, like, you know, a real fan, what song would I be like, yo, you got to listen to this song because pop kills it. I can't think of one. Anything? There's not. Like, no, no, there's no, a no, lot. No, oh, no, 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 I, there's not many. There's not a verse that comes to the top of my head. I get around. Like, oh, you don't think he killed it? You, I get I around. Jerv, you're wallet for respect right now. <laughs> I know you're man. I'm not saying. I'm not saying that he doesn't do his thing on I get around. But I'm saying like you didn't think no, it was hold on. this great, fucking ver- like like Tommy just said with victory. 
There's no like victory with big is like that's it's fucking crazy. Like but all about the Jer- Benjamins. Jer- Jer- it's crazy. Jerv, Jerv, this is what I'll say. This is what I'll say. Maybe all eyes on me. All eyes on me is a song to me. But I'm not trying to say like he doesn't have thorough songs and it's like crazy song. All eyes on me, and then and then uh, I won't deny I'm a straight fighter. Bum 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 bum. Okay, no, that's it. That's it. Okay, but. But, but it didn't. It doesn't just come to my mind, though. I mean, you, you have, have to, to bring like that this. up, Jerv. You have to understand where you're coming from, too, though. You know what I mean? Like, we like that shit. That shit was turned so fucking hard. Listen, on the West Coast, because we felt that shit so much. When all I, yeah, all eyes on me. But talk, y'all was just, yeah. But y'all y'all was so it, no, no, but it wasn't even the embracing team. It was like we needed that turn. That yeah, we'll fuck the East Coast up type shit. You know what I'm saying? Like y'all, <laughs> but, but but Trey, here you, that's the point. No, Trey, you go. But Trey, that's the hold on, no, 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 no. Trey, that's the point. The point is here's the point. Trey, when I hear the the beat, the same beat that is on All Eyes on Me, that's on Street Dreams. I listen to Street Dreams like that's a hell of a song. I listen to All Eyes on Me. I hear oh, he's really going back at us like. Y'all are caught up in the emotion, and we caught up in like, no, this is a better song, but this, man. But that's what, listen, that was the thing. At that time, it was so much that he was riding off of. Like, you got to think about it. We coming off L.A. riots. We coming off Rodney, uh, O.J. Simpson. Like, we had real oh, shit over there that yeah. was, like, really in the field. And then y'all had no – if you never came to the West Coast, most of y'all was scared to even fucking step foot over there. So if it wasn't for Boys in the Hood, if it wasn't for Menace to Society, if it wasn't for – Movies like that to create an idea of what that is, that shit was always intense on our side. It was cats really killing people over drugs, people over a color. Like, that pox shit just fired up gang members. They were smoking sherm and fucking shooting people. So, (laughs) listen, I hear all of that. I understand. And I, I, bruh. So I'm the not, volume of acceptance is so different than a Biggie. Biggie was like, listen, I'm wearing Versace. I got million dollar, ho- you know what I mean? Million dollar. I'm wearing Rolex. He's talking that fly shit. And it was like, it's cool. But like, we don't know nothing about that. We wearing khakis and chucks and fucking sweaters with beanies and RIP stitching. But Biggie got the Versace shit from Pop. But I'm saying we didn't, as a, I'm talking about the fans. We didn't have that shit. We broke. No, but I understand. But I'm saying, yo, like, dude. I get it. Like out there, that shit was a whole different ball game. It's completely different. I understand he's speaking to y'all, but in the grand scheme of when I think of like shit, I'm like, yo, this, he killed it. Uh, y'all said all eyes on me, right? Okay, I, I, I'm not trying to disrespect. Uh, what was the other joint you said? Uh, I know the song. What was it? I mean, what'd you say? Ambition of Marauder. Ambition of Marauder. Yes, I fool with Ambition Marauder. But the reason I fool with Ambition Marauder is like he does go in on it, but at the same time. Like it was the, the the areas I would hear it at, and it made me really fool with that song because it just made me always think about the places I was at when I would hear this song or whatever the case may be. No, I wanted to get a, a little bit more of Mark's perspective. How much Pac did you ultimately listen to when you were growing up, and how much do you listen to it now? I listen, growing up, I mean, I listened to a lot of Pac. You know, mm. before Pac was a West Coast rapper, he was an East Coast rapper, mm. and or at least a geographically nondescript rapper. You know what I mean? But we understood him as New York Center in a lot of ways. You know, from Brenda's Got a Baby, I was a, a Pac fan. You know, Digital Underground, I was a Pac fan. Um, I get around Same. all the good shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, yeah. was, I, was a, I, I was a huge Pac fan. Then when um, when Pac got out of jail and he really went hard on the West Coast and was on death row, you know, I was a huge Pac fan. I went away to Morehouse in 96 and, you know, 
everybody listened to Pac because I was in the South. And, you know what I mean? And like Outkast had just come out that year. So that was big. A lot of the um, Crucial Conflict, a lot of the Midwest Chicago stuff was big. But, but Pac was the biggest thing people was listening to. And when Machiavelli came out later that, you know, that summer or whatever, later that year, um, like we loved it. You know what I'm saying? We, we, we listened to everything that came out. I, I, I remember listening to Hit Em Up and losing my shit. Not from the rap, though. Again, the best part of um, Hit Em Up was, was his, his spoken word bars after he rapped. Mm. Right? I mean, because as much as we love Hit Em Up. I ain't got no love. It was like he spit his bar. Then he said, I, I, y'all not even worth an, another verse. I'm going to let my little homies ride on you, right? Then at the end, he just started going hard. And you could feel that anger and that passion. And we felt that anger and that passion. After Pac died, all the posthumous albums, I came out and listened to all of that stuff. I was, I was, I was driving around in, in, in 2001, 2002, listening to, you know, Tupac and Lil Mo, Thug Nature, even though Lil Mo never met Pac. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So and, and I still listen to Pac. When the weather breaks and I'm in my car and the windows are down and I'm driving up the street, there's a good chance I'm either listening to Life After Death, you know what I'm saying, or, or I'm listening to Ready to Die, or I'm listening to Machiavelli or I, more likely All Eyes on Me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I love Pac. I love what Pac stood for. I mean, Afini Shakur was a, was a hero of mine and, 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 a, and an elder to me who I knew well until the day she died. You know, when Pac was on Broadway, she invited me out to come see her because she went, in my opinion, first because she knew much I love Pac. You know what I'm saying? That's the thing. Like, I, I had a deep love for Pac and always engaged Pac because I've taught and co-taught classes on Pac, you know, at the university. You know what I'm saying? And it's because I, I, I take Pac so seriously and read him so closely that I have the opinion that I have, which is that he is great. He's just ranked a little bit higher than um, than I think he should. I would say this, like, a, a good example, just to make one more basketball now, better even than Allen Iverson, is Kobe Bryant. Mm. I think Kobe Bryant is an overrated defender. Mm. Do I think Kobe Bryant was a great Preach. defender? Yes. Oh, shit. But this is what I'm saying. But we add a mythology to the number of years that he operated as a high level as a defender. Hey, your death threat is double. <laughs> your death threat is exactly. double. I'll take that round. If you just look at the advanced stats on it, I mean, it's true, but also the eye test. There came a point where he wasn't the best defender on the court and where he didn't really care that much about defense the last five or six seasons. But his reputation so, preceded him, and he still exactly. got the accolades all defensive. So he was overrated as a defender. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? For that reason. And, and, and so it doesn't mean he couldn't turn it on at different moments, but the, but reputation made you think he was better than he was, just like we did with LeBron on defense for the last two and a half years. Yeah, It made you think that it was better than it was. And I'm saying that Tupac's impact and his reputation make you think that he's an actual better rapper or and that he operated at the high level of hip-hop. Because that's the other thing, longevity. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, so so I want to get into that though, because because what I would say is that there are people who were born in say two thousand and two, and they're listening to Tupac. You know, this this means that people are seventeen. They're listening to to Tupac, and his music is resonating with them. Um, like I feel like his music has stood the test of time to a certain type of hip hop listener. Um, even you know, like I said, even younger people and forget about people of my generation who happen to be thirty two years old. Like they revere this dude and they're still listening to his stuff. I would say that his stuff is stood the test of time. But would you disagree with that? No, it, it does. That's not what I mean by. That's not what I mean though, right? Because yes, you can be relevant for twenty or thirty years. Biggie's been relevant since he died too. You know what I'm saying? Right. In a way that say Big L and Big Pun are not. Even though they're both dope and relevant, yeah, they're not Biggie and Pop. You know what I'm saying? So, yes, I agree with that. But what I'm saying is that when you talk about the greatest MCs, part of what you're able to do 
that's produced high level content over an extended period of time. If if the Greek freak were to retire today, he wouldn't be an all time great. But if no. he did this for the, if, if he had this season and he's overrated too, that's a whole other conversation. But if he operated, if he operated Whoa. at a high level, <laughs> if he operated at a high level like this level for another ten years, we, he would be in a different conversation. It wouldn't change his talent level, but the fact that he stayed at that level for a long time matters. Mm. You know what I mean? But if in 20 years, all we kept talking about was a 2019 season, yeah, he, he would resonate with people. But there's something about continued excellence over an extended period of time. That's why I give Jay-Z the nod over Biggie. Not because Biggie didn't have the same raw talent, but he but he, he made the most of his gift. Am I penalizing him for dying? I'm not penalizing him for dying, but I am saying I don't know how great he would have been. Because if 50 Cent dies after his second album, then people would be oh, trying man. to tell you that 50 Cent was an all-time great and that he was destined to be an all-time MC. Oh, my God. I couldn't imagine crazy. that. But I mean, think that's crazy. Point, though, yeah, right? Mark, that's Mark, a good point, though. Mark, Mark, good point. Like, I'm going to tell you right now how good that point is. I'm going to tell you right now. 1,000% I would be that nigga. That would have been, <laughs> been great. <laughs> that would have been me. I, I don't say that today. But at the time, if you had said, like, yo, if you died right, right after, after the massacre drop, Baltimore oh, love I, thing? I, Woo! Oh, oh man, we got a love thing. Oh man, like, at the ski mask way, I would have been like, yeah, no, you're right. This is the greatest rapper we've ever seen ever. Exactly. Because you just assume that you're like, it has to keep getting better. And then you get to a third and fourth album and you realize, it's just not the same thing. I could make the same basketball argument about Jason Tatum, right? That if Jason Tatum retires after his first year versus this year, we might have a different sense of what his trajectory was, right? And, and so sometimes you have to let people play it out to know. You can't just assume that because someone does something at a high level one over a small period of time that it will extend over a significant period of time. And, and, and the opposite is true. No one would have thought that Lauren Hill would have mattered as much as she did after, after blundered on reality um, as she as she did after the score and certainly after the miseducation. Sometimes you don't hit your stride to your second or third or fifth year. That happens too. But you can't just assume that because someone was great for a small period of time that they were going to just get greater and greater naturally, especially when it comes to something as sensitive as art. Because some people spend their whole life making their first album and they never can make the second album that is as good as that thing they spent their whole life making. Other people spend their whole life making a shitty first album and then hit their stride and make genius the second time around and the fifth time around. It just depends on who you are. So I just don't make those assumptions. You know what I mean? The fact that Biggie and Pac are in the conversation at all right now is a testament to their genius. But I can't sit there and look at an Andre 3000 who has made classic album after classic album after classic album or a Black Thought who has wrapped his ass off for two decades now and just ignore that production just because we got somebody like a Tupac who was powerful and influential for a small period of time. I mean, Mark, I, I make the 3,000 point. He was only doing half the work on those albums, though. You know, we got to cut the album output for that guy in half. He was in a group. Yeah. <laughs> <He was> in, <laughs> I think that's a bad argument. <laughs> he was in a group, man. Like, and I feel like uh, Big Boy's contribution to what that group was about, like, gets downplayed specifically because hipsters love 3000 so much. So they make outcast this expression of Andre 3000's just sheer greatness. And no, I just disagree with you. They're both geniuses. They're both elite. They're Mama elite. coming for your head. <laughs> they're, 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 they're both elite. They're both elite MCs. I'm just saying, when you talk about Andre 3000, even if I accepted the argument that he only gets half a credit for each of these albums, if you take the six albums they've made plus his solo album plus all the features, 
he still has way more dope verses than Tupac does. Oh, yeah. That, that, that goes without saying. Hey, hey, hey. Nah, nah, nah. I'm going to shut... Hey, this shit never going to get released. Y'all keep fucking with me, man. Y'all, let's transition. Yeah, okay, I just, can I just say okay, that? Okay, I said Tupac wasn't a top 20 in like lyricist rapper, right? I wouldn't say he's <laughs> top 30. <laughs> and people, hey! Black thoughts better. And people said, who's better? So, so I just want to name for you the people <laughs> off the top. Well, well, off I the top. Go ahead, go ahead. Get it off, Mark. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. And, and, and just and you might not agree with every single one, but just but the fact that you would agree with most of these proves my point that he's overrated. Jay Z, Nas, Big yes. Black yes. Thought, yes. Andre, yes. Kendrick, yes. Red yes. Man, yes. 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 Big Punk, yes. Method yes. Man, yes. Raekwon, yes. Most, Most Def, Most yes. Def, Lupe yes. Fiasco, yes. Eminem, oh. Royce the Five Nine, Styles P, Jadakiss, yes. Lil Wayne, J. Cole, yes. Scarface, oh, Joe Button, man. Chance the yes. Rapper, Rakim, <laughs> KRS One, and that's conservative. If I throw in. Yo, hold on. Seven and mad dice. You know, Trey, you know you gotta put hey, him at three. What, what, what did he say? He run his block? 
I'm good. Ain't nobody <laughs> tell me, nah, man, we ain't doing that. But I will say that seven, because like again, I grew up, I, I, I like what I like. You know what I'm saying? Like my top five, I'm gonna have someone. Like again, I got an artist that y'all probably don't even know about. That's in my top five, respectively. DJ Quick Ooh. gonna always be in my top five. I mean, we listen to, we know who DJ Quick is. We got respect for DJ Quick. But I'm just saying overall to the listeners and all that other shit, they not gonna know. I can't go to just fucking Brooklyn and be like, "Yo, put that DJ Quick on." Nah, Nobody gonna not, know that. Gonna you you can't go. You can't go nowhere with that. Again, no, 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 no. We not gonna go that far because DJ Quick was actually. The reason why motherfuckers couldn't even do gangster rap tours for a while because they were just shooting motherfuckers everywhere he went. So, um, in general, he from my city again. Like, uh, I'm gonna embrace my own overall, but Pac was okay. You know what I mean? He he he. I, my 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 connection to him is a little different and a little more personal. So that's why I look at him in that high hindsight. But like. I like Biggie and I like Jay Z, so I mean I'm not gonna just say like, oh, those two are better. But I mean it's okay to like them all. I'm not also mad at Mark's overrated comments, but we just not gonna disrespect the man overall. That's how I look at it. Yeah, I don't think Mark was disrespectful, but I do think there's something. I didn't say that he was. I thought he made valid points. I think I do think there's something to somebody who considers himself to be a true hip hop fan who says, I don't really give a fuck about lyrical dexterity. So it don't matter, right? Like, um, you know, like, like, and I'm I'm not one of those people, but I will say, like, somebody like Young Jeezy, I like way more than cannabis, right? Like, me too. It, it, like, and it's oh, not yeah. even a question, right? Like, and I remember being amazed by cannabis's raps when I first got on dial-up internet, right? Like, I I remember <laughs> thinking this dude was like crazy, but like theoretically he's not a better artist than young jeezy he hasn't put out better music he hasn't had a better career but he's definitely has hey, more it's, lyrical it's, dexterity hold on hold on hold on who the hell won a battle the ill mathematical <laughs> my motherfucking brain is not the battle it's a nigga sitting in front of his sitting in front of his think pad saying rick ross is better than than biggie so you know, the internet going internet. That's just crazy talk. I mean, hey, niggas, 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 Again, I, I, I think we got to be honest about though, our measurements, right? So if you love Jeezy, and I love Jeezy too, right? But if I were to say to you, would you I don't like Jeezy? I don't like West Coast Jeezy, though. Oh, yeah. I, I, I feel you, but, but listen to what I'm saying. If I said to you, yo, if Jeezy could, um, if Jeezy had more diverse content or if Jeezy could rap over a wider range of beats, or if Jeezy were more lyrically complicated, would you like him more or less? You'd probably say you would like him less. I mean, you'd like him more. So, like so we could agree that those attributes are positive attributes. We like Jeezy despite the fact that he can't do those things. And I'm saying I love Pac despite the fact that he can't do certain things. And so all I'm saying is there are people who have fewer despites next to their, next to their range of talents. And those are the people who I think are better than Pac. Mm, fair. Okay. Yeah. We can move on. We can move on from this, man, because I really want, and especially since we got Mark Lamont here. We need to- no, hold on, not, not not before I said, not before I get to say, I walked the B lock with the G lock. Come on, man, yo, <laughs> yo, yo, cannabis had a two year oh, run. God, I mean, where everything and by the way, that you came profile out- as the typical. Loved cannabis at one time, like you right in that sweet spot, age wise. You was in New York, like. Oh my goodness, bro! Yo, let me tell you right now, man. Like when he, when he started rhyming about like with the first letter and then the 
to I'm M other F Ucker. And that shit played on the radio. I'm like, we were just like, that was the most uh, incredible rhyme skills that we ever seen ever. So we moving on from cannabis? Please. Let's move on. Let's move on. Yeah, let's I, move on. Please, motherfucker, before I put on second yeah, round. I, 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 I heard the silence. I get it. Y'all are all younger than I am. It's all good. Like, but I'm gonna oh, tell you, L Cool J to that list too. By the way, I'm just, I'm gonna just, I'm gonna just say, if I, if I came out today, as like a mass unnamed rapper, and I used like 90% of his rhymes, everyone would be fucking moving their minds. That's all I'm gonna say on cannabis. See us, the Ava DuVernay um, uh, docu series. I guess I don't. Know, it's not really a documentary. It's a reenactment yeah. of the things that happened to the Central Park Five. And what I said to the guys uh, before we started recording, honest to God, I don't. Mark, you don't notice, but my guys notice. I don't get emotional about anything. I think all this, all this, all this shit is really like, okay, all right, what happened? Okay, boo hoo. I watched that thing. Uh, the first episode had me already starting to tear up. The second episode had me already choking up. The last episode had me like completely distraught. And this is coming as someone who knew what happened to the Central Park Five. But I'm going to say two things that I did not realize about them. One, and I feel ashamed to know that, to say this, I didn't know how young they were. I thought they were 17, 16, 18. And these were children, man. And then two, I didn't know that they didn't know each other. And if you haven't seen the series, you don't know anything about the story, it might sound like an inconsequential detail. Oh, it matters. But when you see it play out, like when, when they come to the one kid and say, and then you saw Kevin Raper, right? And he says, who's Kevin? That shit broke my heart, man. Like, yeah. it broke my heart in 17 different ways. And so, Mark, uh, I don't have you seen. I'm I'm sure you're aware of the story. Have you seen the actual uh, the the Netflix show? Yes, man. Um, I I just thought it was. I thought I thought I, just her 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 the way Ava went about telling the story, where it was, man, it was just about how normal these kids were, and especially for me as a as a New York City kid. I, it's hard for me not to place myself within those dudes, within those circumstances. Like the idea that my homie would be like, yo, let's go to the park and hang out. Maybe see some girls, listen to some music. Um, especially when I was 15 years old. Like I, I, it's hard for me to not put myself in those people's shoes. And just, man, the callousness with which they were treated by everybody all along the way. Um, especially within the criminal justice system, between the cops and the, the prosecutors, ostensibly the people who are supposed to be protecting the citizens of New York, man. That 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 shit just, just killed me. Yeah, man. It was so I think that it was incredibly painful to watch. A lot of people say they can't watch it. I watched all four parts. Um, and I thought it was beautifully done. And I think what Ava DuVernay did that was especially important was she told the story from the perspective of the young men. You know, we've heard the media accounts, we've heard the perspective from the lawyers, we've heard the perspective um, from um, even some of the parents, some of the activists. But to see what it, what the journey was like from the young men's side, and yet, like you said, men who are, who are 13, 14 years old, 
who stumbled into this thing is so important. You know, a lot of people ask, why do people run from police? If you got nothing to be guilty about, nothing to, you know, you have nothing to worry about, why are you running? It's because of situations like this. It is better to be poor and, um, you know, honestly, it's it's better to be rich and guilty rather than it is to be poor and innocent in this system. And that's why the Central Park Five resonates in the way that it does. I thought that Ava DuVernay did a masterful job also of showing you how each of the different sections of and institutions of our society conspire to create a certain set of circumstances. It's what was happening in The Wire, right? When you look at The Wire, you see that the unions and the, the police at the, at the first level, the unions at the second level, and the corners at the third level, and the schools at the fourth level, and the media at the fifth level, you then realize how we're looking at the same issue from different vantage points, and we're often trying to play the same game. Similarly, if we look at how the media is is trying to keep track of this thing called Wyland, and you got uh, and, and you got a, a, a police department that's being blamed for um, the crime rates in the city, you got politicians who get elected to get reelected, and they're promising to get rid of crime, to lower crime rates, not to get rid of crime, but to stop harm from happening. But to um, to push papers but, around, man, <laughs> like right. basically uh, do some creative accounting and, and not report actual actual crimes rather than making people safer in actuality. It's 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 stunning, honestly. Right. And so when you add those things together and you already have a 200 year old or 400 year old narrative of black people or and even longer of African people throughout the world of being violent and dangerous and sexual predators and immoral and uncontrollable and unintelligent, then it makes it easy to believe that these boys in the park are savages who are just going around raping and pillaging. And it also makes you believe that even if they didn't do this, even if they're wrongfully convicted, they're probably misconvicted, meaning that they didn't do this, but they did something else. And so if you believe that they're all destined for criminality anyway, you don't care as much about what the evidence says because you either feel, you, if, you ain't, if you ain't do this, you're going to do, you go and do it later. And, and that kind of attitude makes it easy to dispose of people. And this is also at a moment in 1989 where the Reagan administration had done his damage from 1980 to 1988. And then under George H.W. Bush from 88 to 92, you have a set of social policies that were shrinking the state, shrinking social provisions, shrinking resources, increasing the military, increasing the police, and at the local level, trying to criminalize our way out of a problem. Rather than investing in mental health, investing in schools, investing in arts, investing in, 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 in social supports, we decided to, crimin- to to arrest our way out of problems. And so if the logic is you can arrest your way out of a problem, who better to arrest than a group of young black boys who, who, who can't protect themselves? And the prosecutor, look, I believe the prosecutor may have really thought that these people were guilty. But if she did, it's because she, she was blinded by her own racism and inability to see the evidence. The police were clearly lying. But again, they're operating from the logic of, I can't prove it, but they probably did something in that park, so it don't matter. The boys are trusting the system because we're taught to trust the police and trust the system, despite the fact that it doesn't operate in our interests. And you got these parents who just want to see their babies come home. And if you just want to see your children come home, and that's all you want to see, then you will say or do whatever you need to do. Now, of course, you got the one kid um, whose father is played by uh, uh, Michael. Hey, Michael um, you're right who says, look, you know, this is about me. I'm selfish, right? I, I don't want to lose my job. I don't want, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There, there, there's that piece of it, too. Some parents are trash parents. 
But at the core, this was a mix of structural problems. And the reason why I'm pointing all this stuff out is because it's too easy to say that the Central Park Five or the Exonerated Five is a story about rogue prosecutors and evil cops. But that can make you think that if we had just had some different cops and a different prosecutor, it would have worked out differently. And the truth is, this is structural. There are Central Park Fives all across America in every city. In fact, all across the all around the world. So we have to look at the systemic problems, uproot them, so that we can create a world of outcomes that are different. Yeah, and you know the reason <laughs> I'm watching it. And of course, like you said, Ava did a great job. I mean, of portraying these dudes as kids, like straight up children, not predatory men, not people like not monsters. These are kids. And the only reason they didn't get the benefit of the doubt from the authorities is because they just simply looked at them as, as Mark said, as potential threats. Like that's the only reason they couldn't get the benefit of the doubt at any part of the, you know, the system. And it's just, and and Mark, you're right. Like the idea that some different cops would have had different outcomes. That's, that's a lie. Everybody's operating under the same system and everybody has the same exact incentives and human beings are going to figure out the best way to achieve those incentives. So this wasn't just a one-off. This was a, you know, a systemic problem, man. And it's tough because when you talk to people who aren't black, about why you don't like the cops. <laughs> like, certain people just it's taken aback by it. It's like, how? Like, how could you not like the cops? It's just like, bro, those people don't give me the benefit of the doubt. My interactions with them are shaded with, you know, my potential criminality. I I don't like the the, the dealings with them. And this, this, this show just crystallized all of that for me, man. It was super emotional. It, it's also important. To, it's also important to make a distinction between the uh the uh the, the the police as a force and the police as um as individual like it's like when i say i hate the cable company i hate that they show up late i hate that they overcharge me that doesn't mean that if your cousin is it works for the cable company that i hate his guts it's the system that i hate it ain't personal it's structural and 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 and, and that's the distinction we have to make constantly yeah they're carrying out their marching orders you know like you can't you, you can't individualize it to to that part but man just you know the toll that this stuff took on people's families what it took for the families to like stay involved and make sure that these people felt supported and felt like, you know, they were still human beings. And another thing, you know, another thing that a lot of this stuff highlights for me is that the conditions in prisons, man, like it's like, what, does it have to be this bad? Like, even if a dude did rape somebody, actually rape somebody, do they have to live in squalor? Like, do we have to treat these people inhumanely? I like that's another thing that resonates with me, especially I remember watching the night of, and um some of them had cell phones and some of them were able to eat, you know, chips ahoy. And I was like, and that was portrayed as like special benefits. I'm like, who's actually whose life life is made worse by these guys being treated like human beings rather than caged animals, man. I thought the commentary on just the prison system and what it does to a human being, man, like the idea that somebody's supposed to come out of that after having spent 12 of their most formative years there and be a functional citizen, man, it's, it's tough. So one one thing we have to, and and I'm a, I come from an abolitionist tradition. I I believe in the abolition of prisons. Um, But part of, so I would say, obviously, prison doesn't serve that purpose um, of of creating of, of humanizing or re- rehabilitating that we sometimes suggest that it does. 
Um, but I think we have to ask ourselves, what does justice look like? And what does justice require in a certain circumstance, right? Um, if I steal Jerv's car. I thought you was about to say his girl. Um, or... <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no, I was going to say, if I steal his car, he's been harmed. We have to think about what we can do to address his harm. The problem with the way we do now, the way we do justice now is, is retributive, not restorative. So the question now is, who did it and how do we punish them? When the question should be, who was harmed and how do we make them whole again? And the reason why we make that distinction is because if I add, if I focus on the crime, that's about the laws, which are relative, which are relative and, and, and contingent. Like 200 years ago, it was against the law for me to learn how to read. It was against the law for, for interracial marriage to happen. You know, so like the law might not be the best measure. The question is measuring harm. So if I steal Jerry's TV, that's harm. If I steal Jeff's car, that's harm. Someone stole 20 years ago or 10 years ago, somebody stole Jeff's hairline. That was harm. When these things happen, we, we have to be able to ask the question, how do we restore this person to make them whole again? And the problem with prison is prison satisfies our desire to punish because we equate justice with punishment and punishment with confinement. But it doesn't actually necessarily make someone whole again. It doesn't make society safer. It doesn't make the person a better a better fit for society, and it doesn't make the person who was harmed whole again. It also allows us to continue to hold on to laws that don't work or laws that are not inherently um, restorative or even helpful to amel ameliorative for society that make the world better. Now, for example, we just, if 20 years ago when we was all growing up, we would all say, oh yeah, weed is bad. We knew people that smoked it, but we still said weed is bad. Why? Because right. it's against the law. Why is it weed against the law? Because it's bad. Now it's like, well, shit, everybody smokes weed or, we, or, 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 or at least doesn't care about it right, in the same right, way. Jerv. Right, so, so, So that becomes a leak. So, so we hey, allow, we, we allow the law to shape our morals rather than the other way around. And so we would have said, oh, put the bad people in jail because they, they did drugs. And if you do harm to yourself, right. then you should be in jail. Then why people who do cigarettes ain't in jail? Why people who eat 10 <laughs> Cinnabons a day ain't in, ain't in jail? You know what I'm right. saying? Like, there's a lot of sh worse shit you can do. Because they're white and live in Kansas? Right, exactly. <laughs> so, so, so ultimately, the Central Park Five, particularly the fourth episode of it, forces us to also ask the question, yeah, does the prison system even do what we say it's supposed to do? Like, why why are we doing this to people? And, I, you know, I spoke to a close friend of mine, and we were, you know, we were having a quick chat about even something like the Me Too moment, where, you know, I identify as a liberal and I find myself in a lot of these conversations hearing liberals talk about the reforms that should come out of this. And a lot of it sounds heavy handed and conservative as hell and just straight up like corporal punishment type of stuff. And, you know, what she was saying to me was that, like, you never hear what we should be doing for the victims of these situations. All we hear about is how do we punish these men? Like we we even in that instance we centralize the men in this equation. You never hear and like you said, how do we make these people whole again? And and I, and I, I believe you're right. We should be spending a lot more time trying to rehabilitate people who have been hurt, helping them heal, helping them move on with their lives, rather than hey, look, here's a pat on the back, and look, we got these five black kids in prison, and um, this should make you happy for the rest of your life, which we all know is, is ridiculous. That's a crazy notion that that would placate somebody who's been brutally raped in the park, you know? Right. And, and that's, I think one of the, one of the gross injustices in all of the Central Park Five thing is while we were out 
prosecuting the wrong people, this woman never got justice because yep. we never found the person who actually did it to her. Oh, man. I know Mark has to, I know Mark well, has Mark, to go. Can, so. Before you go, um, um, can you tell us about your show, your new show on BT? Yeah, man. It's called Black Coffee. It's on BT Digital. It's a daily show, Monday to Friday, uh, 10 o'clock live. Um, and it's really a space to have conversations like the ones we just had. Um, to talk about what's going on in the world, what's going on in social media, what's going on in the news, what's going on in our communities um, in an honest, direct way, you know. Um, and, you know, we call it black coffee because, you know, one, it's not watered down. Right. You know, no, no, no sugar, no cream, as they say, <laughs> you know. Um, but also, it's, it's not about celebrity gossip, mm. so it's coffee, not tea. I like that. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, about, it's about having a real conversation every day about things that matter. Sometimes... Last week it was about Tupac. You know, today it was about it was about it was about men, masculinity, and emotionality. Tomorrow, you know, I'm I'm sitting down with uh, Senator Cory Booker to talk about okay um, his presidential run. You know, it's a range of of conversations that I'm having, and and I have them every day with uh, Gia Peppers and Jameer Pond, uh, my co-host. Shouts to Gia. That's a that's a homie of mine. She's dope. Yeah, Gia's super dope, man. And like you know, all of us together having. Um, these great conversations every single day makes me happy. Um, and, and it's a space and it's interactive. Social media is involved in terms of the questions, in terms of the contribution to the conversation. And honestly, man, it's a platform for me every day to have to talk about what's going on without the filter of, of you know, um, you know, political correctness and, and the filter of linear TV. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm just excited by it, man. And, you know, people say to me all the time, like, yo, we want you to have a platform. We want you to be somewhere. We want you to we, we want your voice out in the world. And I'm like, you know, I'm here now. Yeah. So if you want to support my, my work and my voice and, the, and, the, and me and Gia and Jameer, you know, subscribe on, on YouTube, subscribe on uh, Facebook, follow it on Facebook, follow us on Instagram. We go live on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube every day. Um, and, 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 and just keep supporting black coffee, man, because you know, the content only succeeds if we consume it. A lot of times people want great stuff. Right. You know, you want that great black, you want that great black business in your neighborhood, but you still don't go to it. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like you'd like the idea of it. We got to make sure we support the content. So far the content has been well supported. The community's supported it. Um we're, we're doing well, man, but we want to keep uh the 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 support growing and we want to we want to really become the the premier place for um you know for 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 black conversation. Man, Mark, thank you for coming on. Um, I think anybody who listened to this episode <laughs> will definitely be checking out your work, man. Um, I appreciate what you do. I just want to say personally, I thought you got railroaded over there at that other spot. I thought it was complete bullshit. We actually talked about it on um, the other show that we do for Black Opinions Matter. Um, but I'm happy that you, you know, you've landed on your feet. You're killing it. You're doing your thing. Um, congratulations on everything. Thank you, brother. All things work out the way they're supposed to, man. We're just going to keep fighting. We're going to keep working, and we're all going to be free, man. Yeah, man, and keep yourself a good barber, man. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's very important, Jerv. It's crazy out here, man. No, yeah, hey, don't, don't it's very girl. important, I, yeah. I, I just don't want... Wherever Jerv went, I don't want to go, man. <laughs> That's hey, listen, crazy. Brother, that, that dude is already <laughs> now practice lawsuits and shit. Hey, my, my man Jerv been getting yeah. all show. I'm telling you, y'all lucky. Y'all lucky. My daughter in the room with me. <laughs> y'all lucky. Y'all, man, everybody got they shit, everybody got they shit off today. That's what's up. <laughs> y'all, y'all, that's what's up. Real cute. Yo, can we get into um Ronald Tess? Absolutely. I didn't I, I I watch the documentary. All right, everybody, that's going to do it for the main part of the show. 
uh, right now we're going to go ahead and cut the rest of the episode and go into the overtime. If you want to check out some of the overtime overflow action from this episode of BOMM, you're going to want to go ahead and go on to patreon.com slash count the dings. That's patreon.com slash count the dings. Subscribe. And on there, you're going to get overflows like you'll find here on BOMM. And uh, you're going to want to keep it, keep it locked here. Keep it tuned with us. Um, we have a lot of great things coming up. Make sure you keep it locked here. And we'll see you on the other side for the overflow of BOMM.